You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, yes, and welcome to the Irish Abroad Show once again back on this Sunday evening with myself, Jared Brown, as we will be a new recap on how all the Irish players fared across the channel, across the sea over the weekend. As always, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Paul Nealon and two new recruits here to Channel and Irish Football Fan TV. So a big welcome to Adam Courtney and to Ryan Brennan. That's Baptism of Fire shown straight in here on a Sunday evening, but... Uh, yeah, it's great to welcome you aboard uh, to the channel. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, lads. Yeah, no, it's uh, great to be here as well. Thanks so much. And uh, look forward to talking about some Irish players abroad. Yeah, the boys also as well. Adam is um, a... You said you're a Bulls fan and Ryan says Shamrock Rovers fan. So all four Dublin, of the main Dublin clubs are represented here. Apologies to any UCD fans if you're listening. Um, just don't have any UCD fans. It's pretty much straightforward as that. But we might as well dive straight into it. Uh, the Premier League is always the main agenda. Plenty of Irish involvement over the weekend. Once again, there's only one place for you to start. That's with Evan Ferguson and his performance with Brighton. Uh, this was the live three o'clock game on Premier Sports yesterday as Liverpool fans as well. So I obviously was Keenly interested to tune into this game, despite Liverpool's recent woes, and that very much continued a comprehensive and well-deserved 3-0 victory for Brighton in this game. Um, it was kind of one of those, when I watched it live at the time, I kind of thought, particularly in the first half, uh, Ferguson kind of had a quiet enough game. Um, he had one good chance just before halftime, but he kind of really hit it straight. Uh, Alison Becker never really kind of got much power behind it, but came into a bit more in the second half, obviously with that assist for Sonia March for his second and Brighton's second goal. Uh, and then obviously was taken off not long after that, but um, overall in general, still to grab an assist against Liverpool, despite the form that they're in, uh, is no mean feat at all. And that brings him to two goals and two assists in three Premier League appearances from. Adam, you were saying there off air as well, you watched the game live with me. It was actually one of those when I watched it back on match today, just even for the snippets there. He was actually a little bit more involved in the first half than I would have given him credit for. He very, very good at press and had a couple of nice moments. Like I said, a beautiful, beautiful pass into Sonny March for that second goal. Yeah, I found it really, really impressive the fact that he's, you know, only recently turned 18 and, you know, the composure he showed to get his head up in that moment to pick out that pass for Solly March, like it was weighted perfectly um, in behind the Liverpool defence and, um, yeah, no, I'm really impressed with him. Um, he looks like a real prospect for Ireland at the moment. Obviously, we're kind of crying out at the moment for, you know, young Irish players, the likes of Bazuno and Collins doing well and a few others, but, you know, especially up front, we're really kind of looking for, you know, the next Robbie Keane, as everyone says. Everyone thinks every Irish player who comes through is the next Robbie Keane. But, yeah, as you said, you know, to have, like, goals and assists against top teams, you know, came on New Year's Eve against Arsenal, you know, really kind of dominated Saliba for that goal and showed great composure. That's one thing I really, really admire about him, that he always kind of seems to keep a cool head in the kind of moments where a lot of players would tend to panic. And at that age, you know, he's shown a lot of potential. And, um yeah, like I've seen a stat as well that he's the youngest, the youngest player ever to get two, to score in two consecutive games since Makeda in 2009. You know, so it's a really, really, um, really exciting to see how he turns out. You know. Yeah, Ryan, you were saying you only got, just got the chance to uh, watch the highlights of this kind of game, but I know it's, it's very, very early days. But we don't want to go heaping too much pressure on a lad that's still only a teenager, still only 18 years of age. But as I mentioned there, you know that's. 
four goal contributions across three games from now. Are you kind of surprised at okay, early doors health warning, but are you kind of surprised at how well he's adapted to life in the Premier League kind of so quickly so far? Yeah, it's taken me by surprise. I've probably taken a lot of the country by surprise. Um, it's not even, you know, normally when you see these players breaking through, it might be games against kind of smaller teams that are, you know, down the table that maybe, you know, the likes of your Bournemouth, um, West Brom, stuff like that. But to see him coming, coming through and he's putting in these performances against, well, high-flying Arsenal, who are at the top of the league. And I know, as you said, Liverpool are out of form, but he's still coming up against these internationals, you know, the likes of Gomez, Matip and, um, Andrew Robertson, and he's putting in the shift and for Arsenal, um, Saliba, um, who you know was recently he was able to miss him for the World Cup mainly, but no, I think he's been very solid so far for Brighton. I just I hope it's not too much pressure on him. Well, it's so young. Um, I think, um, you know, we what we don't want to see is him kind of fizz out a little bit now if the pressure does become too much. Um, but I think the way he's going, I think Brighton have a good striker on their hands, but I. I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking to maybe loan him out in the summer and maybe try to get someone in who's a bit older and has a bit more experience in the summer. And then it wouldn't maybe be too bad. But I think the main thing is to see how he goes for the rest of the season. And sure, if he can do it for the rest of the season, sure, he, I think he'll probably cement his place as a, the number one striker. Yeah, I think it helps as well. He's in a team that's just taken on really, really nicely. Brighton obviously had a little bit of a wobble after Graham Potter left, obviously change over manager. But like, I was very, very impressed with him in general yesterday. And like I said, 3 0 flattered Liverpool. They could have won that game by five or six. They should have been in front by half time, but they made their dominance count in the second half. And as a Liverpool fan, that's enough to talk about that game. Um, let's move on to another team in Merseyside that's also struggling. This can bring in Paul. Sorry, Paul. Um, but uh, Seamus Coleman captain Everton as it was another day to forget for Frank Lampard's charges. They threw away a 1 0 half time lead to lose 2 1 to Hantum, uh, James Ward Prowse. Brace doing the damage there for the Saints who Gavin Bazuna was once again in the goals. But good rating uh, for Seamus Coleman from the Liverpool Echo on this game. Uh, again, a 7 out of 10 rating, saying the Everton captain rolled back the years in the first half with an energetic and attack mind display. And although he was pinned back more after the break, he continued to lead by example before making way for Gordon. Uh, Bazuna was also given a 7 out of 10 rating by Hampshire Live, held on to early uh, sitters put towards him by Everton and was let down by teammates for the opener as they allowed uh, a free header on the ball. Stay composed throughout and ca- and claimed several crosses that easily could have troubled him earlier in the season. He did miss one, though, I noticed in the second half uh, from the highlights I've seen in the match today. But for a man who's seen the entire game, that was Paul. Obviously, Paul, another day to forget uh, for Everton. Is, it's very much clear now they are going to be in another relegation battle for the second season running. But from an Irish point of view, what did you take away from Coleman and Bazunia's performances yesterday? Um, I thought when Coleman went off, we lacked leadership on the pitch. Um, I thought he was very good. The first first half, he was very good. Um, second half, is it kind of his energy went out a little bit, but naturally, at the age he's at now, that will uh, happen. And he's playing probably more games than he probably would have expected again because Nathan Patterson's out injured. So obviously, Coleman's kind of coming in, and he's not the the start of who he was like um last season he started a lot of games because we didn't have a replacement for Patterson uh rifle uh or right wing back if you rather and uh, he was playing a lot more um I think that pe- a lot of people had complaints over that because some games he looked brilliant and some games he didn't look as sharp and it was kind of like that again um as I think he was rightfully substituted just because his energy levels dropped but when he went off then that's when Southampton really started to kind of take control of the game 
and um, yeah, Bazunu the opposite end thought he was really good. He looked a bit nervous in the first half when Everton were dominating and Everton were on the lead, but then uh, gradually grew into the game and came for a lot of um, crosses, punched a lot of balls away to stop. You know, Everton have quite a, I know they scored from Onana score, but they've quite a, a bit of height in terms of um, as a, for an opposition threat in uh, in Bazuna's box. But Bazuna came out and he he he. You know, he was taking ball and man a lot of the time, which you want to see from your goalkeeper. He was brave, um, and he definitely helped Southampton get the win. So, a, a great result for him, and it was something I was praying wouldn't happen. I was hoping Bazuna would have a good game, but Everton would still win. Uh, obviously, they didn't, and um, yeah, uh, very, very disappointed and annoyed about that, but there's nothing I can do to affect that. So, uh, But from the Irish point of view, the lads were good. Just one thing that I didn't get to speak about is just Evan Ferguson. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to be going into it later on, but I think if he's continuing in the form he's playing in at the moment, I mean, he's starting ahead of Trossard, who's a Belgian international, um, and the Zerbi seems to be putting so much faith and trust in him as a Premier League player now that I think he has to be um, a starter in the games in March, uh, definitely in the squad, but as if he continues in the form he's playing against the likes of Everton, Arsenal scoring uh, goals against them, and then you know, being a handful for Liverpool and getting an assist against Liverpool and mixing it with the best players in the league. I think um, I think he's more than capable of moving in international level um, and playing for uh, for our national team and leading the line. Um, would I like to see him lead the line on his own? Probably not, but, you know, and a, a front two of Obafemi and uh, Ferguson would uh, definitely uh, have me licking my lips ahead of the qualifiers. They might even give France something to think about, but like I said, a long way still to go that game uh, at the end of March. But yeah, I think if you were to pick an Ireland team to play in the morning to play France on current form, you, I think it'd be hard to leave Ferguson out of that team. And just also as well in Gavin Mazzino, that win yesterday, Southampton caps off a very, very good week for him. It was also obviously between the posts when they bet uh, Man City 2 0 in the League Cup quarter final on Wednesday, uh, keeping a clean sheet. And he also won the award for the save of the month for December as well. So uh, congratulations there to Gavin and hopefully a couple of more awards to come at the top level of English domestic football. Just two more things to go through from the weekend in the Premier League. Speaking of clean sheets, Nathan Collins helped Wolves keep their first clean sheet since mid-October as they overcame fellow relegation rivals West Ham 1-0. They've actually now moved out of the bottom three. The Shropshire star gave the centre-back a 7 out of 10 rating saying Collins had an excellent first half. He did well in the second too, but made a couple of errors that almost cost Wolves, but thankfully they didn't. And the only other bit as well was from, say, North London derby between Tottenham and Arsenal. Matt Dottie played 70 minutes in that game. As Arsenal competed a league double over Spurs, winning that game 2-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to extend their lead to eight points at the top of the table. I didn't see that game. I just listened to most of it on News Talk. Um, I was driving my way back down from our Scotland to Tipperary. So that's just before we wrap up on the Premier League, is there anything that you want to add there from uh, Nathan Collins or Matt Daugherty over the weekend? Or just in general, even? I think um, from myself, I think it's great to see Matt Daugherty coming more or less back into form. You know, I think not too long ago, Antonio Conte was coming out to say that he's kind of, you know, he was he's seen him in better form and he was dropping him for kind of each game. And now you can see he's kind of rebuilt the trust in him. And you know, I think Matt Daugherty is more than kind of cementing his place in the Ireland team um, for the for the games in March. And um, I think he's done really well. And um, so it's just good to see him kind of rekindle that form there and, you know, find his feet again in the Premier League, especially for Spurs who 
are competing for Champions League? Yeah, for me with Nathan Collins, I think it's you know it's really exciting to see you know such a young player in such a key position. Obviously for Wolves, like I thought it was really impressive in the summer that um, that Wolves decided to get rid of Cody to go from a, a back five to a back four, and they trusted Collins in that position. You know, it shows the quality that he, he has, and obviously he did great at Stoke and at Burnley um, in the two minutes previously, but like. You know, the size of him, it's not just to do with his physicality, the fact that he's so good and that he's able to cut at a Premier League level. It's actually the way he plays out of the back. And I, I really like him as a uh, centre-back. I could really see him at like a, a Champions League club um, in the next few years, Like, which is something you haven't said of many Irish players in the last 10 or so years. But I, I genuinely think he has the potential to play for a top team. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see him, especially for Ireland. You know, he's shown kind of leadership qualities at the young age that he is. So... Yeah, no, he's, he's been really good for Wolves this season and I can only see him improving from here on out. There we are also going live as well uh, here, so don't be shy to get your comments in and anything you will drop in, we will no doubt discuss and talk about it. Paul, um, has there been much flowing away in terms of comments over the last 15 minutes or so? No, just Jack came in and said that uh, it would be interesting to see what happens now that Danny Welbeck is back. I know he scored the third goal yesterday. Yeah, I suppose probably to, to look at it, I know it's a kind of maybe a bit of a cruel thing to say, but I suppose if you look at it from a positive kind of point of view from Ferguson, uh, Danny Welbeck kind of throughout the course of his career, always kind of seems to be never too far away from injury, so you kind of feel that following that projection, he might get a consistent run, but yeah, like I said, he came on yesterday, took that third ball really, really well, well, it depends on what you look at it. if you're a Liverpool fan, you would say it was absolutely shambolic defending, but then the day, still showed good composure, yeah, so we'll be able to see what happens um, there, with um, Evan Ferguson and with Brighton. We'll move on down to the Championship because, as always, there's so, so much um, to get through here. I'll just give you kind of a rundown of what kind of happened and we might just pick out three or four talking points from it from the weekend. So, Chinozzi Benny played the full 90 minutes as struggling Rodham caused a big, I wouldn't say, well, probably was a big upset, yeah, because he uh, bet for most chasing Blackburn uh, Rovers 4 near the home. Uh, Peter Chiozzo came on as a late substitute for Rodham in that game. That was his seventh appearance of the season. Whereas former former postman Georgie Kelly is out injured at the moment for Rotherham. Ryan Manning got an assist. That's now seven goal involvements for him this season uh, in Swansea City's 3-1 win over Sunderland. Didn't see the goal, but I was listening to it on soccer side. It was meant to be an absolutely delightful cross in there. So a big, big win for Swansea. Again, a bit of an upset because Sunderland have been going brilliant this season. And he came in for strong praise from Wales Online. Uh, he actually got their man of the match as well in that game, uh, saying another top shift once again from him. So... Good to see. Definitely food for talk for Stephen Kenny ahead of March. Callum O'Dowd scored for Cardiff, while Will Keane scored for Wigan as a respective sides played out a 1-1 draw. Uh, O'Dowd is now on three goals this season, while Keane is now up to double figures. That was his 10th this season. Callum Robinson, Wigan and James McLean. Callum Robinson, Cardiff and James McLean, Wigan. Also both featured in this game. And it was a, a good day for the Irish people by the Wales Online uh, publication, only because O'Dowd was given their man of the match. Uh, in that game as well. CJ Hamilton started for Blackpool with Andy Lyons for the last nine minutes as their league woes continued with a 2-0 defeat to Watford. John Egan picked up a yellow card but it was still another day for, to remember for him and Sheffield United as the Blades bet Stoke City 3-1. Uh, they are now 11 points ahead of third place Watford so they're looking good for a return to the Premier League. Jeff Hendrick scored two goals uh, for Reading as they 
went 2-0 up at half-time against QPR, but threw away that lead to end up drawing that game 2-2. Uh, so three goals this season for Hendrick. Uh, Shane Long came on the 15th minute of that game and then was replaced with 15 minutes to go while Jimmy Dunn played the entire game for QPR. Uh, Berkshire Live giving Hendrick a 8 out of 10 rating there and giving Long a 7 out of 10 rating. So good praise there for the Irish players on a frustrating afternoon, you would say, for Reading. Uh, Andrew Omabamdeli completed 90 minutes as Norwich won for the first time in six games in all competition, hammering Preston North End 4-0 away from home. Adam Eda came on that game uh, also for Norwich City. As for Preston, Alan Brown started, while Robbie Brady and Troy Parra came off the bench. Uh, most encouraging to see from the Irish point of view, obviously Robbie Brady made his return from injury last week. That game now also marked uh, Troy Parrott's return from injury. It's the first time he's played since the 8th of October. Uh, he got 19 minutes under his belt yesterday, so hopefully more minutes for him to come over the next couple of weeks. Dan McNamara was on the losing side for Millwall as they lost to fellow playoff rivals Middlesbrough one nil away. No Daryl Lennon in that game for Middlesbrough. He's out injured at the moment. Jason Malumbi uh, continued his brilliant season, particularly in recent weeks, as he scored the, his first goal of the season for West Brom as they completed a dramatic comeback coming from 2-0 down to win 3-2 away to Luton Town. Daryl Shea also started this game for the Albion while Louis Watson came on for Luton and both Malumbi and O'Shea came in for strong praise from Burning Live, both getting 8 out of 10 rations. So the two of them have really been key to West Brom's revival of the last couple of weeks. Cyrus so Christie, 84 minutes, Sean McLaughlin, 58 minutes, and Aaron Connolly, 24 minutes, all played in Hull City's 1-1 draw at home to Huddersfield. Josh Cullen and Burnley continued their march to the Premier League with a 1-0 win at home to Coventry City. They're now 16 points clear of third place Watford. So I think, barring a major collapse, they will be bouncing straight back up at the first time of asking. And Mark Sykes got a brace in Bristol City's 4-2 win at home to Birmingham City, his first goals of the season. Uh, Max O'Leary was also in goals for Bristol City in this game, while Scott Hogan and Kevin Long both started for Birmingham, that being Kevin Long's debut. And then once again, like the other Irish players who had a got involved in the score sheet uh, a strong player rating for Mark Sykes an 8 out of 10 rating from Bristol Live so Paul I'll come to you first a lot to get through as we always know with the championship because we have such a volume of players involved from what I went through there what's the thing that kind of stood out to you the most or was the most pleasing for you uh, happy for Hendrick because he just gets non-stop abuse um, might be a turning point from I don't know obviously he was at QPR last year um, on loan and uh, he would have liked them two goals. I don't know how the ending at QPR was, but he seemed to enjoy the two goals. Anyway, um, and uh, th- he scored an absolute cracker as well, very reminiscent of a Matt Holland Cameroon-type goal um, from the O2 World Cup, if uh, if you can remember that far back. Um, some of these are quite young, some of these are not. I can. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think with with uh, Hendrick it's it's a case of he needs to be coming in to the next set of qualifiers in form if he wants any chance of getting near the team with Malumbi doing so well and scoring and helping West Brom get another win under their belt um 
Josh Cullen's place is, uh, I think, is cemented. So I think it's that other spot where Malumbi plays, and if Joe Hodge will play, or will Jason Knight play, or so it's, it's good to see all these midfielders are all in form. Heron scoring in League One, and I know you'll probably come to that, but I don't think I think his day is past now. But uh, it's good to see our midfielders are all kind of adding goals, and then you've got Joe H- uh, Joe Hodge to add to the equation. Um, hopefully he'll be added in 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 March as well if he can keep playing at Premier League level. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's, it only bodes well. And an, another thing that's probably gone under the radar, and I know Ryan had spoken earlier about Matt Doherty coming into form, but Mark Sykes has been playing right wing back for Bristol. Um, and I know we've got O'Dowda, uh, who probably, who, who he likes on the left as well. But all these players are actually in form now, scoring goals, and they're coming into those positions. Matt Doherty's 31 tomorrow, I heard on Sky Sports earlier. He's not getting any younger. Um, as a wing back, Seamus Coleman started kind of declining in terms of his legs around 32. Um, so it'll be interested to see what happens with Doherty uh, over the next kind of couple a year or two. But can Mark Sykes maybe make that position his own? He showed um, up in two positions that Matt Doherty would have been famously known for in his Wolves days, scoring two goals over the weekend. So it's just a it's it's a good I suppose thing to think about is to have him as another option there. He's young, he's quick, and uh, you know he's calm and composed in the box. So yeah, all for me, all good round. Great to see Oma Bamadeli back and uh, getting a clean sheet as well. I'd like to see him get a good run of games now coming into March, and and I imagine that if he is fit, he'll start. Um, and another one thing that kind of stood out for me from the weekend, not as he kind of well, he got an assist. He didn't kind of stand as much as players to score, but it was Ryan Manning. And it kind of stands out because he's consistently been playing well, not just this season, but you go back to last season as well with Swansea. But for some reason, he kind of struggles to kind of get into the squad, never mind even kind of be knocking on the door of a starting place, which you kind of feel he should be. I know maybe on previous occasions when he's played for Ireland, he looks like maybe he struggled a bit in international football. But surely on the current form he's going, he must be thinking himself, there's not an awful lot more that I can kind of do to get in on this team. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um... Obviously, over the last few years, you know, I think McLean, James McLean has shown some real consistency uh, on that left-hand side under Stephen Kenny. Um, so I think he's kind of held his place down well there. But then, as you said, you know, this, over the last few years, it's been Ender Stevens as well, who's played well. But I think definitely, you know, with James McLean uh, getting into his 30s now, you know, there's definitely a space open up on that left-hand side. And um, as you said, like plenty of goals and assists this season for Ryan Manning at Swansea. You know, he's having a great season in the championship. So you could kind of think that, you know, he's got the legs and the pace and kind of, he's actually, it's not the kind of thing that you'd stand out straight away, but he's actually very athletic, I think, um, especially when he's playing as a wing back, you know, something that you really need to do to get up and down the pitch. Um, so, yeah, he'd be, he'd be someone I'd like to see get games um, over the next kind of few games, obviously against France. Um, you'd kind of think Stephen Kenny will kind of revert the type with um, maybe James McLean um, playing there. Also, Robbie Brady's played there as well. But um, I'd definitely like to see Ryan Manning um, get more involved and at least be in the squad. Yeah, I think probably the uh, Latvia game is probably more realistic, probably of a chance, as you say, like maybe the France game might be just a little bit too too much because of his experience. But I definitely think the Latvia game could be a right good chance for him to kind of showcase why he could be about going further down the campaign. Uh Ryan, just also looking elsewhere in the in the championship as well. I wouldn't say maybe two forgotten men of Irish football, but two men that maybe have kind of gone kind of 
uh, quiet over the last kind of while, probably because they've been out of sight a little bit. Is uh, Aaron Connolly and Troy Power. Obviously, Troy's been injured, so you can't really do much about that the last couple of weeks. But brilliant to see him back on the field for, for Preston, even if it was only for 19, 20 minutes yesterday. Hopefully, that's getting the regular starts again, won't be too, too far away. And for Aaron Connolly, it's the second week in a row he's come off the bench since joining from Hull. Um, obviously, again, no kind of goal, but I suppose after. Again, a long layoff for him. I don't think he's played since the, the 21's payoff back in September. It's just good for him to kind of get in regular football game back under his belt. Yeah, no, I totally agree there too. Um, I think when you look at these players and, you know, you, sometimes it's easy to forget they're so young. And when that pressure gets applied so early that you kind of forget that these kids, these players are so young and they're kind of at the development stage of their career. Especially, I think, when Troy Parrott's case, um, because he got the move to Tottenham, we kind of all expected him just to be our, you know, our first striker and lead the line, and that would be it. Then we'll ride off into the sunset. But obviously, it's been different there, and we've seen the likes of Obafemi now, Ferguson breaking through. That I think now Parrott, it's now is his time to just break back in and show kind of. You know, I'm sure he'll have March in his mind when he's, you know, when he's coming on these substitute appearances. Um, and that's where Aaron Connolly. We all hope to see kind of him. Re, kind of rebuild up his career and obviously he's gotten that long move to Hull now and I think I think that can really be a benefit to him and I think Hull's a good standard to go to you know it's not if you I think if he was going lower um, I, would have, I think he would have been kind of hoping to him now that he's gotten a move to Hull there is, I think he's uh, he's going to he should do well and um, he's a good talented winger and um, I think the manager just needs to get the best out of him um, and if they do there's no reason why I don't think I think maybe March will be too soon for the likes of the likes of Aaron Connolly, and um, but to, you know we all have um, six or more qualifiers after March, and um, I think seven more after, and um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be competing for them places. Yeah, definitely. Again, more food for talk for Stephen Kane with, with more players now getting a little bit more action on the belt, and hopefully as well uh, the transfer situation surrounding Michael Femi will get solved soon as well. I think it's looked like he's going to move to Burnley, so hopefully. He'll get back on the playing pitch on a regular basis as well. Uh, Paul, anything else you want to touch on there from the Championship? You obviously, we mentioned Callum Dowder scored, Will Keane, Jason Malumbi, we touched off and off there. He's probably in the form of his life at the moment. And also, I can see there as well from the YouTube channel, there is quite a lot of comments coming in now as well. I'll check the comments, sorry. Um, uh, it just says Liverpool are in crisis. They're only seven points away from top four. Uh, Danny Welbeck, we're actually sorry. 10 now. Uh, then it just says uh, Danny Welbeck was already back and was on the bench and Ferguson started and this is Jack says he was only back that was his first game back Simon says anyone planning Greece away in June and that's all the comments so far um, so again the kind of stuff we've already talk- spoken about um, just on Obafemi yeah great if he if he joins uh, Burnley and gets back up to the Premier League then we have another player uh, Irish player playing in the Premier League Dara Costello I know he went um, to Bradford uh, probably to take Tyreek uh, Wright's place at Bradford there for the rest of the season so hopefully his low move goes well and maybe Vincent Company might take a chance on him next year hopefully he develops at, at Bradford um, but Obafemi I mean if the talks are as true as they say and he's gone for 3 million that's an absolute steal for an international striker but I think Swansea are at the stage where they would just rather get him off the books but there is a lot of talk that if Obafemi goes out that Ogbeni would go in at Swansea so Bit of an Irish transfer merry-go-round, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, it'd be a good move actually for Obafemi. I know Ogbeni is how I meant to say as well. I know he'd still be staying in the Championship, but Swansea are probably that little bit more kind of a stable club. 
you look at Rotherham, they're probably a good chance they will stay up this season, but you definitely feel it's going to be touch or go between now and then the season. Where you feel like Swansea, probably slightly below par with the performance of the season. You think they should be a little bit more up in the playoff picture, but that you know mid third of the championship is so highly congested. They can get on a bit of a run after a big win like that away to Sunderland. Just say, who knows what could kind of happen and. There's actually there on the Liverpool points. Well, I think we're actually now 10 points off top four after Newcastle's win today. So, uh, amazing how quickly football can turn. If we were talking two weeks ago, even though they were so lucky to beat Leicester, I was still fully confident to get top four. It's amazing what two bad defeats and a ho- host of results going against you can do you for that top four race. But this is Irish football matters, not Liverpool. So, we'll move on. Uh, on to League One, just three bits of information to bring you from Irish players involved in action in terms of goal scoring contributions over the weekend. Uh, Finn Ayaz, have I got his surname right there, Paul? The untrain- Azaz, sorry. Got an assist for Plymouth uh, for their injury time equaliser in the top of the table clash away to Ipswich. They drew that game 1-1, so that could be a massive, massive moment for Plymouth as they look to return to the second tier of English football. They've kind of been through the doldrums the last couple of years, so um, going very well, as are Ipswich as well. It's good to see them up there fighting the top of League One. Another team as well that are climbing up to the top of League One or certainly in terms of getting into the playoffs are Derby County. They're on a great run of form at the moment. Loads of Irish contributions there week in, week out. And this week was the turn of Conor Hurrahan, his fifth goal of the season as they won 3-2 away to Cheltenham. And ex-Derry City player Owen Toll was on the score sheet for Bolton in their comprehensive 3-0 win over Portsmouth. Just run through then from Scotland because there's a bit to bring you there from... Scottish Premiership and it was a League Cup semi-final weekend as well. So in Scottish Premiership, Aidan McGeady played 84 minutes and Jake Doyle Hayes played 27 minutes for Hibs, while Jimmy McGrath played 8 minutes for Dundee United as their respective sides played out a very entertaining game finishing 2 all. Ross Tierney came on for the last 26 minutes in Motherwell's 1-1 draw against Ross County. Not a great result for Motherwell there. They've had a really, really poor season so far. Uh, kind of all started with that defeat against Saigo and hasn't really improved since. And then in the Scottish League, or also starting Scottish Scottish Premiership, uh, Green Carey started for St. Johnson as they were comprehensively beaten 4-2 at home by Livingston. Uh, they were actually 3-0 down that game, so they got a couple of goals back in the second half to make that look somewhat respectful. And in the Scottish uh, League Cup semi-finals, for the second week in a row, Alan Power and Kilmarnock faced Celtic, and for the second week in a row, they lost by the same scoreline, 2-0 uh, at Hampden Park yesterday. Evening. And then today, um, disappointment for Liam Scales and Johnny Hayes as Aberdeen blew a 1-0 half-time lead to eventually lose 2-1 to Rangers after extra time so it will be the classic meeting of Celtic first is Rangers in the Scottish League Cup final in a couple of weeks time and then just one bit of information from the Scottish Championship former under 21 international Sean McGinty scored for air in their 2-2 draw against Arbroath um Bits of bobs to get through there from League One and Scotland. I don't know who kind of wants to take over there, but from what I've went through there, is there any bit of information that really grabs someone's attention? Yeah, for me, um, I thought it was really interesting with Ross Tierney there, obviously, as you're saying, um, played 26 minutes uh, for Motherwell. Um, obviously, as a Bowles fan, um, it's really kind of, I'm really happy to see him you know, getting so much minutes in the Scottish Premiership. You know, I know a lot of people at the time when he left Spurs were kind of thinking, is he going to be good enough to kind of progress um, into the Scottish Premiership? You know, it's a big kind of jumping standard. But, you know, from the times I've watched him playing with the under-21s and obviously in Bowles live, you know, he's he's an unbelievable player. He's so technically gifted. And, um, 
yeah, I'm really happy to see him doing so well. And I'm not surprised that he's getting so many minutes because like, he's got a really good attitude as well. Um, and yeah, no, I'm really happy to see him do so well because he's really made that step up and hasn't looked out of place at all at such a high standard in Scotland. Aaron, I just want to jump in there. Um, I think for myself, it was, <clears throat> it was good to see Connor Hurahan back on the score sheet. Um, I think he's always a, a midfielder. I think that of what could have been for Ireland, and he could have been kind of really playing first team. Well, for playing for the first team a, a lot um, through each qualifier campaign, or you know, whatever be the years of World Cup. Um, so it's good to see that he is back on the score sheet, even if it doesn't, you know, lead to anything um, for March or maybe for the qualifiers. I think at least goals like that and as it was his fifth goal might just throw his name somewhat on the hat there I think with... I think just even in... sorry go on. Like one, Paul sorry no, I was just going to say I think even just in general like the stature of a club that Derby County are I know they've obviously had their financial issues over the last three or four years but it's good to see them after a bit of an up and down start to the one that they're getting back up there I think there's too much for gap to make up in terms of the automatic promotion spots, it'd be great if they could, you know, feel the playoffs get back up to the championship. But like I said, it's such a massive Irish contribution there with Jason Knight. I know he's kind of had a difficult season, but it's definitely got back going again after injury troubles over the last kind of couple of weeks. You know, Conor Herhan chipping away every now and then. You know, Dave McGoldrick, James Collins, they've had their moments in Aaron Cash as well. We definitely know his, you know, with his performance with Derby in the championship in recent seasons and with Darren in 21s is definitely a player for the future as well. Like, Was that aimed at anyone in particular? No, just just making a waffling off a random point to my there. Sorry, Paul. No, I was, no, I, was, I thought you wanted someone to kind of follow up on it. That's all. Um, I just think with uh, <clears throat> the Finnazaz, I think he's a player to watch out for, and obviously they're top of the league there, League One, and and they're flying. And now Tyreek Wright's going to be in there for the rest of the season. Or no, he's signed permanently. Even sorry. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see how they link up. They've obviously played together at the Ireland Under-21s. And uh, I think if, if they both do well, uh, I think Azaz will go on to do bigger and better things. He looks like a really fine player. Um, I think he was either injured earlier on the season or suspended, but he's been out for a little bit and because uh, he was flying just before that. And then uh, scoring crackers uh, for fun. And uh, now he's obviously getting back to a level... And uh, he'll hopefully help Plymouth win the league uh, and, and become League One champions. Um, but yeah, I like Derby obviously with the with the Irish players that they have there between Cashin, McGoldrick, Collins, um, Knight, and Howerhan. Um I think it's it's good seeing them doing well. And obviously, I'd, if if they can, I'd like to see them then get promoted as well. But uh, nothing really else uh, on that. I, I I don't think there's too much to talk about. I think the the main stuff that's happened this week has been in the Premier League and the Championship. Yeah, which is good to see that there's, you know, an increase in volume of Irish players in, in the Premiership. Like I said, we look at, you know, the two teams that are top and flying in the Championship that barring collapses look like they're going to steal automatic promotion. You know, it's hopefully going to increase the number of Irish players in the Premier League next season with John Egan, Enda Stevens, Kieran Clark, Sheffield United, James, Josh Collin at Burnley. Obviously, we do have Irish players like likes of Max Travers, Gavin Bazunu. Nathan Collins, Seamus Coleman, they're all going to be in a massive relegation battle between now and the end of the season. But, you know, hopefully maybe they can all survive and it's, you know, the likes of Nottingham Forest or a, a Leicester or, or a West Ham. It particularly be great to see West Ham go down with a certain individual involved in their team. Um, and yeah, and just even then as well on, on Finn as well, you know, I've only 
quickly catch glimpses of him in the 21s in that playoff against uh, Israel. But yeah, I agree with you. You know, he looks like from the glimpse we've seen there, if he can kick off that potential, I think he could be someone who could go on to have a, a very good career. But I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there because we're going for about nearly 40 minutes. I, as I said, I think we've, we've said it all now at this stage. Um, just like to thank Paul, as always, for joining me. And well done on a very, very solid showing on a debut uh, for Adam and for Ryan there as well. Two lads have definitely seen a lot more on the channel over the coming months this year. Jay, just uh, one comment Thank just you. before we go. Uh, Jack just says he'd like to see Kenny switch to a back four for Latvia. Would suit us better and we could accommodate an extra midfielder from the abundance we have right now. Um, if any, if he wants to talk about that just before we go. Or two or three more minutes. Um, look, I suppose just leave this more to the lad. I don't really have much to say, but I just don't see what the point maybe will be again experimenting with formation and stuff like that. I know it's a chance to befriend that's what friendlies are for, but you know, at this stage now, you know, we're two over two years in Stephen Kenny, we're just about to start a, a crucial campaign. I know it's gonna be a very difficult campaign where barring a miracle, I won't say barring a miracle, but barring a you know, a big size of favour, we probably won't qualify. So I don't know kind of about that. Like I can see maybe where he's coming from, as I said, like to accommodate uh the balance and, and stuff like that. But at this stage, like you kind of just have to kind of stick with what we've been going with over the last kind of while. There's no more point in terms of chopping and change in terms of trying out players. Or formations for me. Yeah, for me overall, I think I mean I kind of agree. I think that it's probably best off to stick with a back five. You know, Stephen Kenny's been kind of sticking to that. He hasn't really ever gone to a back four, um, that I can think of anyway. You know, he's kind of built. He kind of wants to build this Irish team on kind of solidity at the back, but then also it's probably going to be a five-three-two. I'd assume, but hopefully, um, as we were saying, maybe Evan Ferguson up front with Robert Femi. That'll be really interesting and exciting front two, and then probably a flat midfield three with a back five. As as you said, the kind of players are kind of used to their roles. You know, like the wing backs, like like Matt Doherty, for instance, who's pretty much a guaranteed starter. He, he's never really started in the back four for Tottenham. He's always starting in the back five. A lot of Ireland's players are actually accustomed to playing in the back five. Even like if you look at John Egan um, at Sheffield, they're, they're a lot of the time playing a back five. Um, and I think this is kind of we're kind of used to it as a team. So. Maybe I know the friendlies are for experiment, experimenting, but yeah, I'd probably stick to a back five just because realistically we're definitely not going to go into the game against France or Holland or Greece in, in a back four. I think for myself, um, if the group wasn't so intense, I would say, yeah, that would be a good idea to go with a back four. And um, personally, I, I'd like to really see, you know, rotation and friendlies, um, you know, trying out different players and seeing how they progress in kind of senior games. But just because, as you were saying, not not barring a miracle, but obviously a very intense group that we have with France and Netherlands leading, and um, I think we just need to get solidified now with what our plan is and just nail it as much as we can. Yeah, I think uh, just uh, you know, I don't think there's any point in messing around with it. I think that's the formation you'll stick with. Then that's the way we play at the moment. Uh, just the, the last comment was just. Um, Retired FN says any news on it? Obafemi to Burnley, and we spoke about that earlier. It's that it looks, uh, it's becoming more and more likely that he will sign for Burnley probably by this week. I would say, uh, hopefully that's done and he can get in and start playing again as soon as possible. Um, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there, Jer. If there's anything you want to finish up with, uh, fire away. Oh, I think it's all said and done uh, for another week. We'll be back again 
next week, uh, there'll be plenty more to get through because again, another full round of games in the Premier League and the English Football League, and obviously there's FA Cup turn around replays as well this week, so there could be plenty of Irish involvement there as well. Like I just said earlier, just to thank Paul and our newbies Adam and Ryan for joining me this evening, and like I said, we'll be back again next Sunday evening to do it all over again. Yeah, don't forget to like the video, don't forget to subscribe, and if you're listening on podcast. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.